Hello, my name is Dwayne Spearman and I am the founder of Directional Ministries located here in Lynchburg, Virginia. This is a teaching ministry that is called to encourage, disciple, and challenge the people of God. I also serve churches in the areas of pulpit supply, conferences, retreats, and revivals as the Lord provides opportunity. If I can be of service to you or your ministry, I would love to hear from you. Today, we're going to go ahead and continue our study through the little epistle of Jude. We talked about how the theme of the book is contending for the faith. He is encouraging the church to fight the apostasy that had already crept in through it by the teaching of false teachers. Um, he introduces it and he says, Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ, the brother of James. We saw that this identifies Jude as not only the brother of James, but also the half-brother of Jesus. To them that are sanctified, that is to be made holy, set apart, consecrated, how? By God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ. In other words, our salvation is secure. He has sealed us. Um, with the seal of the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. And then today we see we are also called. This is the third characteristic of a believer. Called. The word called means to invite or to summon. God has called all men to himself. Now whether or not they come is their choice. John 3:16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Verse 17 For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. God desires the salvation of all men. Now that brings into question the teaching of Calvinism in regards to limited atonement. I do not accept the teaching of limited atonement. Uh, I believe that God sent his son to save the entire world. His blood was shed for the entire world, not just for the elect, not just for the quote, predestined. Uh, no, I do not believe in limited atonement. Minds of a missionary who came into my office several many years ago while I was pastoring a church in South Texas, and he asked me if I was a if I believed in limited atonement or uh, the L and tulip of Calvinism, and I said no. He said, "Well, that means you're an Armenian." I said, "No, I'm not." You see, I can't find the word Calvinist in the Bible, and I can't find the word Armenian in the Bible. The only word I see in the Bible it says, "And they were called Christians." I'm a Christian a Christian, a little Christ. I am a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Now, certainly I do as I read my Bible, just like you do. I see words in, you know, when they're talking about the elect. I see words when they're talking about predestined. I see words like whosoever will may come. But I think if you look at all the scriptures, number one, I don't think the word predestined has anything to do um, with the children, uh, with unsaved people. The Bible says we have been predestined to be conformed into the image of Christ. I don't think predestination has really anything to do with salvation. Uh, it is speaking about how the child of God once saved, which God already knows he saved. That's foreknowledge. I think we we take that attribute of God foreknowledge and we don't totally understand that. Yes, God is 
omniscient. That means God, omni. He knows all things, science, knowledge. God knows all things. So therefore, he does know who will and who won't. That's called foreknowledge. Uh, just because he has foreknowledge does not mean that he has already predetermined who will go to heaven and who will go to hell. Instead, I believe a more fair treatment of the text is God sent his son so that the whole world might be saved. Every man has that opportunity, but man, by the choice of his own free will, may choose to reject the gift that God has so graciously given him through his son, Jesus Christ. So, whosoever will may come. Whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved. Again, we just need to stop majoring in the minors. And that's what we do. We try to stick each other in these denominational pigeonholes. You know, denominations, I have a hard time. And I identify myself as a Baptist. I'm not going to, you know, I mean, those are just a group of people as a whole. Uh, even though some of them don't identify as, quote, Baptist. Um, they're very Baptistic. I'm, I'm talking about the people that I tend to find myself most comfortable around. They may have the word Baptist on their sign. They may have the word Calvary Chapel on their sign, but they're very Baptistic uh, in their doctrine and in their teaching. I believe that their set of doctrine and teaching more closely aligns with that of the early New Testament church. But the denominations, I believe, are just the result of our inability uh, to get along with each other, our inability to uh, study the scriptures, take them in. You know, a, a text out of context is a pretext. We take a word and we pull that forward and we fight over things that I believe are minor in regards to the major found in comparison with the major fundamentals of the faith. And when I'm talking about the fundamentals of the faith, I'm referring to the deity of Jesus Christ, that he's God. I believe, I also believe uh, one of the fundamentals of the faith is the atonement. Uh, again, uh, atonement means that all of our sins, past, present, and future are covered, which I believe if you're going to uh, totally embrace the doctrine of the atonement. You can't lose your salvation. I talked about that last time. Uh, the, the virgin birth. If Jesus was not born of a virgin, that means he was born in sin, conceived in sin. He's a sinner himself, and he would not be qualified to be our Savior. Uh, I believe the inspiration of Scripture is one of those things that is non-negotiable. If the Bible is not the inspired and errant infallible Word of God, then we need to find us another book uh, and then also the second coming. If Jesus isn't coming back, then what's the point? Live, drink, be merry, for tomorrow we die. I believe to me those five fundamentals of the faith is what we as Christians must hold dear if we're truly going to be biblical Christians. And if you or if someone denies one of those five fundamentals of the faith, then I don't think they can um, truly call themselves Christians. Now, you get outside of that and you start talking about minor issues, i.e. arguing over the word uh, predestination, arguing over modes of baptism, arguing over when does the filling of the Spirit take place, the manifestation. You, you know, you just start really, you know, it's interesting. Everything Paul said, I write these things that you may not be ignorant, brother, and those are the very things that we still fight about. But... Um, 
again, we just major in the minors. I mean, the bottom line is, is that children of God, uh, we have been sanctified, <laughs> we have been preserved, and we have been called. And as I just mentioned, what each of those words mean. So Jude, verse number one, Jude, servant of Jesus Christ, brother James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father, preserved in Jesus Christ, and called. And then he says in verse number two, he says, mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. Um, it's interesting that as you read through the New Testament, you will uh, the uh, one of the characteristics of all of Paul's epistles is that he will start them out with the terms uh, grace and peace. I mean, I challenge you go through. Um, I mean, we know Paul wrote the book of Romans. If you go into Romans chapter one uh, and uh, you start reading through there. Uh, you're going to see that at some point he uses the terms grace and peace. Um, and then also, if you look over in 1 Corinthians, uh, you're going to find that grace and peace unto you from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter number 2, our chapter number 1, grace and peace to you from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. The book of Galatians uh, verse number three, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the book of Ephesians, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. All those are indicators that, number one, Paul wrote these epistles. That's one of the greatest arguments that Paul did not possibly write the book of Hebrews, which I tend to think Paul did write the book. But one of the arguments made against it is the fact that he did not use grace and peace, and he used that in all of his other books. So, but you'll notice that peace never comes before grace because you must experience the grace of God before you can experience the peace of God. You must experience the, peace, the grace of God in order to experience the peace of God. Now, of course, Jude here, uh, he starts out with mercy unto you and peace and love be multiplied. So instead of saying the word grace, he uses mercy. Uh, grace is, uh, mercy is get, not getting what you deserve. Grace is getting more than you deserve. So he starts out mercy unto you and then peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation. In other words, when I sat down to pen this little epistle to you, I wanted to talk about our common salvation, what we all share in our faith in Christ. But it was needful rather that I write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once and for all delivered to the saints. So now he says, but there's a greater need here. He said, we need to talk about um, the, um, the faith that was, that was once delivered unto the saints. So Jude is saying here, even though I wanted to talk to you about our common salvation, it was more needful, more pressing for me to talk to you about this faith that was delivered to the saints uh, because there are certain men who have crept in unawares, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. So now we see why Jude was burdened to write this 
little epistle. And we'll go into that further next time. God bless you. Hope that you always remember God loves you, wants the best for you. He's working all things out for your good.